You're probably familiar with Sawyer as the maker of everyone's favorite water filter, the Sawyer Squeeze. But did you know that they also make a picaridin-based insect repellent? Why is this important? Have I mentioned that turning 50 comes with some kickers? One of which is a new allergy to DEET, which I discovered while in the Philippines. Picaridin saved my life. Sawyer makes a 20% picaridin repellent that is as effective at repelling mosquitoes, flies, gnats, chiggers, and ticks as 100% DEET, but won't damage plastics or synthetic coatings. Because it's derived from pepper plants, it's family-friendly and safe for 50-year-olds with allergies. You're getting protection from Zika, West Nile virus, dengue and yellow fever, and probably most importantly, Lyme disease. And for more protection, you can add Sawyer's permethrin spray to your gear and clothing, which will also help repel and kill the little boogers. Look, I listen to your tortured insect stories from the trails. I don't know about you, but when we all can finally leave our houses again, I want to be as protected as possible and ready for some adventure. I don't know. It just made me realize like I could deal with so much more than I thought I could, you know, that I can handle being by myself. And, and then ultimately by the end of the journey, really like falling in love with myself and really like being okay with my thoughts, whether that was the depressive thoughts or the really happy thoughts or the really sad thoughts. Like I, I feel like I went southbound and I didn't have to distract myself with all the people like I, you could on like the AC or something. It really just, I don't know. It made that experience very healing for me. So I'm really glad I went southbound for that reason. And if I had. Welcome to the Hiking Through Podcast. I'm Erin Egan. And yes, I was very busy in early March recording episodes. And this is the podcast where I talk to experienced thru-hikers about their adventures on the trail and strategies for successfully completing a thru-hike. Today's guest is Grizz, known off-trail as Griselle Williams. She's a strong, fierce Latinx woman, one trail away from completing her triple crown. In hiking, she's found herself. And in this episode, we talk about building a safe environment for people to share their stories. Hiking with a dog creating a bridge between mental health and hiking, and the trekking pole ninja. You can find this episode and all previous episodes at hiking-through.com, where you can also find show notes, photos, and links for any gear mentioned in this podcast. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcast and all the other podcast places. Enjoy my conversation with Grizz. Hello. How are you? I am really good today. Yeah, tell me about it. Tell you about it. Well, I got my workout done this morning and nice. it's a little overcast and kind of chilly, so it's perfect kind of stay in the house and snuggle up weather. <laughs> oh, I love snuggle up weather. It's one of my favorite. Well, I only like it for one day at a time, actually. <laughs> I get that. You know, you only need, you want to get out and do stuff. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm sad about that. I get like really like even though we live in the van, I get 
I get cabin fever pretty easily. I'm just like, okay, let's do something. Let's do something. Let's do something. And that's actually something I love about living in the van is that like you get the opportunity to like, you have to go outside constantly because it's such a tiny space. So there's not really much of a option. (laughs) And I also wanted to confirm, what is your name? (laughs) I get that so often. My name is actually Grizel. That's my real name. And my trail name is Grizz. That's too easy. <laughs> what do you mean? It's sort of an abbreviation of your name already. Well, yeah, because everyone thought my, well, I would be on trail and be like, yeah, they're like, what's your name? I was like, Grizel. And they're like, that's a really cool trail name. And I was like, but it's my <laughs> name. <laughs> so that's how my trail name happened. I, I like it, though, because I think I would forget my trail name, and it's just a lot, you know? Why do you think you'd forget your trail name? Because, I, I don't know, I feel like I I feel like my name has already so many nicknames, it's, I don't know, I just, I have so many nicknames already, I feel like, to add another one, like, I mean, Grizz, you get, like, so many names, it's Grizz, you know, Grizz, Grizzle, Grizzy, Grizzly Bear, Grister, I don't know. There's just so many. So I feel like it's, I'm just, I'm thankful that I went for it. I had a few people try to name me on trail and I was like, ah, I'm just going to stick with this. This feels right. (laughs) This one works for me. Yeah, exactly. And that's all part of the experience, right? You got to figure out what works for you. Yeah. It's pretty funny, like talking to people about how they got their trail names and some of the alternatives that people had come up with that were rejected. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Someone tried to name me Clipper once because on the PCT, I mean, I was such a noob at all things backpacking when I first started doing all this. And so I think I like, I don't know if this is common, but I stress packed like last minute and just added <laughs> a bunch of shit that I didn't need. And I ended up, <laughs> I ended up going to, where was it? I can't even, Hearts Pass, because I was a Southbounder on the PCT and had four nail clippers in my pack at Hearts Pack. I was like, oh, yeah, I think that's a little excessive. And they're like, you should be clipper. I was like, no, I'm not going to be named the first week or first few days on trail. That's not going to happen. But I think that, I mean, grant you, I think stress packing, maybe not everybody, but overpacking, definitely probably everybody. Oh, everybody, especially on your first hike. It's just part of the experience, you know? Yeah. As they, as I've heard many people say, you pack your fears. So apparently you had a fear about nail clipping. <laughs> <laughs> I just am super terrified of long nails, apparently. <laughs> apparently. So yeah. you were you were covered. Anyway, you yeah. I had a different nail clipper for every single nail. Named each nail clipper. Just kidding. <laughs> well, that's sort of like I spoke with uh, Jade, Darth Jader, and mm-hmm. she brought mascara with her. Oh, really? Yeah, and it it became almost like the uh, mascot. I feel like. Mm-hmm. And sort of symbolic of the amount of change that she went through over the course of the trail. <laughs> oh, totally. That makes so much sense for me. There's, I haven't, I met them once in person. They're so cute. They're such a, they're such a delight. <laughs> you met who? You met Jade? 
Yeah, I remember um, me. I think I met them like on the. I went to Trail Days on the PCT because yeah, mm, yeah, they yep. had just finished. Yep. Yeah, it was last year. She hiked last year. Yep. The year of snow. Oh my god, I'm so glad I did not do any through hiking that year. Oof. Well, I did, but it wasn't like it was on the AT, so it doesn't really. It wasn't like last year. Yeah, I'm hoping that this year. I'm just, man, all of my fingers are crossed because I really (laughs) don't want as much snow as they did. I really, really, really don't want as much snow as they did. Yeah. I'm not sure because you're doing the CDT this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure what the Rockies look like, but uh, the Sierras have like a 40% of normal snowpacks. So. I'm like more worried about Montana. Montana just scares the shit out of me. Like. I'm just scared of that whole entire state. I'm going to be mauled by because there's grizzlies everywhere and the snow is just no joke there. And I mean, I'm scared, but that's just also a big part of it. It's like, you just kind of have to embrace your fears out there, you know, but I think, I think it'll be good. I'm starting, I'm hoping to start with my friend. You may follow the tandem trekking. Her name is Lindsay. Um, and they're, her and her partner are starting, are going so, southbound on the CDT as well. So I'm hoping that we could start around the same time. And then that way, you know, I won't, if I get mauled by a grizzly, <laughs> at least someone will know about it. <laughs> you're, you're a glass half full kind of girl, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, you know what? It's, it's all part of it, man. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyways. When you decided to thru-hike, now, what made you decide to choose the PCT over, like, the AT? Because you, you are from the East Coast. Right, yeah. I grew up in Miami, Florida. Just so much, so much nature. Hmm. Actually, there is a lot of nature um, in, like, the Everglades. But I just didn't grow up backpacking at all or doing any really sort of hiking until I was in, like, college when I lived in East Tennessee. Um, and so I started falling in love with, yeah, the, the Blue Ridge mountains, but as I, I just lived so much on the East coast and was in the East coast for so long. And I was like, I just want to get somewhere completely different and like really explore a different part of the country. And so I signed up, have you heard of through hike syndicate? Mm -mm, I haven't. They're awesome. 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 I, they're like a community that works with like really cool brands like Basque and Osprey and Nemo, Darn Cup, Lecky. Um, and they, they choose people out of like, they, they have like an application and they choose people to partner with these brands to hike a long trail. And so I've always wanted to hike one of the trails. And I thought I was actually, I was going to hike the AT, like my, the first hike I would ever do would be the AT. Um, but I signed up in this application. I was like, whatever, uh, like very just non with not really thinking I would actually get it. <laughs> I was like, there's just no way. And literally didn't plan to hike on, in 2018. I didn't plan on hiking unless I heard back from them. And so to, then they, they chose me as one of their ambassadors. And that was such a big part because as we all know, like through hiking is super, 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 super privileged and it costs a lot of money. And so to be able to have brands to like you know, basically do a huge part of the funding for me and um, on my application, I was like, I'll just take the PCT. And I put it because I thought it was the PCT was the hardest at the time. I knew nothing about through hiking, nothing, nothing. 
But I was like, I'm just going to write this out. And I was like, I want to do the PCT because I feel like it would be the hardest and most challenging. And I feel like that would be the the one that I would want it to be like, you know, partnered with or, or whatever. And um, they chose me and then I just kind of went for it. And I had a lot of people just really help me throughout the whole trail, like send me a lot of care packages and like a lot of food so that I was able to actually, you know, do it without wasting a bunch of money, which is super, super, I was like a little brown girl. I was like, yeah. (laughs) So you sort of fell into the PCT. I totally fell into it. And, but I mean, at the same time, like it's a lot of it is because it's such a big, like hiking is and through hiking is such a commitment. It's all about the timing. And I had just quit my job. I was a mental health therapist for three years and I was really, I got really burnt out pretty quickly because mental health is takes a lot out of you. And so I was at a really, really good transition period trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my, like what I wanted to do with my time and I wanted to do with my life. So it literally just came at the perfect time. And I had thought about obviously doing a long distance hike, but I thought the AT was going to be my first one. And I went with the PCT instead. And I'm so glad I did because it was obviously these long trails changes your life, you know? Yeah. And, but you went into doing the PCT by doing a shorter hike, shall we say, in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's actually, I went like a, a month before I started the PCT. I did the Tour de Mont Blanc, which is so freaking beautiful. But it it's, it's bougie hiking because every <laughs> night you can totally get, you could get a bottle of wine every single night if you wanted to because um, there's so many little things little towns everywhere but yeah I was able to do that um with my partner and it only it was only I think oof I think it's like a hundred and something miles do you know by chance off the top of my head I do not I don't either but yeah that was a good training but I other than that I had done I also did the high sierra trail like the fall before the PCT and I've always like I love being outside but the PCT was definitely like by far the longest, hardest thing I had ever done at that point. I had no idea. I was like the person who was always asking questions on trail. I'm like, wait, you guys don't use bladders? Wait, what is, what is that? Like, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And yet you jumped in with both feet. I totally did. I mean, if you want something, you go for it. And I knew I had a lot of drive and I, I was so passionate about it. And it, again, like it really changed my life. I definitely finished very skinny and pretty injured and very malnourished, but I freaking finished that trail. (laughs) (laughs) Now, why do you think that you finished malnourished and and injured? And did you make any changes in going into the, doing the AT or going to do the AT? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, the PCT again, like was just such a new thing for me that I just didn't really know how to balance my, my being mindful of my body, my drive. Cause I definitely am the type of person, like I just kind of, I put my head down and keep going. I don't really like think about like my injuries. Like I've always been like that. And like, well, not, I haven't always been like that. I used to be the opposite where I was just like super sensitive and like, I always thought I was 
getting like always thought something was wrong with me when I was a kid. And so I think I, I flipped to the other side. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And so nothing's broken. Nothing's broken. Exactly. And so on the PCT, I look, I'm telling you, I was such a beginner. I started the PCT with maybe a lot of people don't know this, but with boots, like freaking ankle boots, thick boots. Um, because I thought that that's what people hiked in. And I got a pretty bad ankle injury and shin splint that took me off trail. And then I got hit by an RV the first week of my trail. Like, what I just happened? Defer- Dude, I... <laughs> okay, do you want me to tell this whole story? Or do you want me to do the, sh- the short version of the story? I sort of want to hear the whole story, honestly. Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> It was so, I just like, I am so, I feel like I get surprised that I finished the PCT because the first week was just such garbage. <laughs> and yet you did, you, you soldiered on. Yeah, I know. But you know, I, I just feel like, yeah, I feel like in the PCT is so beautiful and like, it really just does like what everyone talks about. It just genuinely does captivate you. And I feel like that's why a lot of people are are doing the PCT now. Like people are finding out more and more how magical it, this tra- that trail is. And it really, it really is a magical place. Well, I, I'm hoping it will sprinkle its magic on me as well. When are you planning on doing it? Uh, in about 29 days. <laughs> ah! How do you feel about it? Excited and terrified. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> That is so exciting. Oh, man. But you probably have done all the research. You're probably just way... You you interview people who do this, so you have to be prepared, right? Well, that's... No pressure. I know, right? (laughs) It's such a funny thing, that. Because, yes, I've talked to all of these people, and they've given me great advice, and they've given me great, you know, gear recommendations and, and all of that. So there is a certain level of knowledge that mm-hmm. I have that that you probably didn't have when you started. But right. even with that, there's still this big, I don't know mm-hmm. what the hell is going to happen. I don't know how my body's yeah. going to react. I don't know what, I just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's such a good place to be at. <laughs> like, I wish more people were okay. Like, I, w- I, I hope you have peace in that you don't yeah. know, too. Because that's like such a beautiful part of through hiking that I feel like we like sometimes miss is like we get really excited about gear and we get really excited about like the miles and we get really excited about all of these things. But like part of through hiking is being so passionate about like what your, like your journey is mentally and like how you really discover like this mind, body, soul connection within yourself. And it's going to be so amazing for you, Erin. I'm like so excited for you. (laughs) I'm I'm actually as I should be I guess. I'm really excited as well uh because I think like what you were talking about this feels like a moment of transition. I mean, I'm I'm doing it. I turned 50 this year and and that was part of the reason to do it, but it just feels like my life and the my career and all of these things are sort of coming to this moment of pivot. Mm. And mm. this this hike this trail is going to be a moment to start working out what that pivot is. That's so cool. What are you like? 
are you, is that what you're most looking forward to? Just seeing like what you discover? Yeah. And, and it's, and so it's cool. not just discover about like a, the pivot or that kind of stuff. It's also to discover what my body can do, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I'm turning 50. Things don't recover the same way that they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see what my body can do is to see what my body can achieve after going a month or two months or, you know, what have you, um, mm. to see, you know, what are my tolerances? Like how much mm-hmm. discomfort can I put up with before I, you know, just say, I got to stop for the day. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like even like, as I'm entering this last, like the last of the big three, I'm, I'm also like, I, I'm not anywhere. It's not the same experience, but I like definitely cannot do what I did two years ago where I just like, can't be mindful of my body. And like, that's been like a really cool part. Like the AT was just so different. Like I was super aware of what was aching, what was more severe, what was like, and like to be more mindful of that and coming up on this trail, like as I'm in preparation, just to be kind to myself and to rest and to like really just be aware of this is, this isn't just about completing a trail. This is holistic living. It's a, it's a, it's almost like a lifestyle for me, like to be so mindful of every single part of me, if that's even possible, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, in, in reading your, your Instagram posts um, and watching a little bit of the REI uh, footage, that seems to be a big thing for you. It seems to be a big uh, process, transition, um, mm-hmm. evolution for you. Mm-hmm. Of, of, of what aspect do you mean? Um, of just being more connected? Being more connected of being more forgiving of yourself, of yeah, body pride, of mental health, of yeah, I mean, like literally the entire vessel of what it is, and being more accepting and celebrating it. Yeah, I'm trying. I feel like it's getting better with like every year I get older, but it's it's definitely very hard for me to be kind to myself with what happened in my narrative as a kid and Mm -hmm. why I think I love through hiking so much is because it really does. Yeah. It really just helps me be kinder to myself and really to, instead of react harshly on myself to really respond kindly with patience and whatever that may be. And that's actually like what I'm really focusing on as I approach the CDT is to like, like, especially mental health stuff is I'm realizing that more and more people who are, are are attempting these hikes usually have some sort of like, not necessarily a diagnosis, but like a tendency to like depression or anxiety or whatever it is, because we find healing in the outdoors to be kind to myself as, as well. Like I was pretty depressed for a big chunk of the AT and like, that was really hard. It sucks because a lot of people are, there's such a stigma against talking about it, but it's like, wait, I know there are more people out here who are also struggling because as a therapist, I treated a lot of you and told you I go hike or go be outside. So like, I know there are more people out there that this trail, I'm really wanting to just, I really want this one to be just so even more whole than the AC. Cause I, I still like, I remember like pretty, I remember like breaking down to like 
someone, I had known them for about a week, which in trail life is a long time, you know, Years. Um, but I was kind of, yeah, exactly. But I had broken down about my depression and like, they didn't really like they, they did it. And they felt super uncomfortable talking about it. And it made me feel like very isolated and like made me want to go back to like my little hole of Grizel, you just walk alone, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like, I, I really don't want to do that this time. Like, hey, we all have our own struggles. We all are struggling with this. This is about healing, whether it's making a life choice but, or healing within like your soul. And like, I don't know. I just really want that to be the most dominant thing of this next trail is just, I want to talk about like how we're all struggling with our own things, but we find like so much healing in and just so much I don't know. Um, I don't know the right word. Um, we just find fullness, I think, when we do these long hikes, you know? Totally. And I think I think you just brought up a really good and interesting point that applies not just to through hiking, but applies to life in general, which is so often we feel so isolated because nobody is talking about things. Yeah, Whether no that's one is. depression or anxiety or... Um, in my case, you know, and I found this, I found this very entertaining, you know, I'm turning 50, there's gray hair, there's, there's mm-hmm. chemical processes that are going on that are changing. Totally. But nobody talks about them. So when they're starting to happen <laughs> no, to you, yeah. it's like, you feel like you're the only person in the world who is having this issue. Right, right. And I think too, like, and that's like something when I hear like some of the older people who have hiked the long trails like in the past and um, are doing it again, like how the trail is changing a lot because it seems like it's becoming this athletic endeavor and it's like mm-hmm. kind of a checklist and like we're not talking about why we are doing this in the first place. And uh, something I want to bring back, yo, we're, we need to talk. We're out here every single day doing the exact same things, processing a lot of the things that are going on in our body that are going on in our mind. Like, why aren't we sharing that? That is, should be what's bringing us together through this whole thing. Cause we're all struggling together. And I, I think I, as someone that doesn't really drink, um, and doesn't like to like really party per Mm -hmm. se, like I'm just, that's, that was a hard part of the trail. It's like, there was a lot of drinking and there was a lot of partying. And I was like, I can't, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like people have whatever reasons to do whatever they want to do. And I, there's no judgment there, but I think I just crave that intimate connection with people who are doing it because of like the raw reasons. I mean, as silly as, as much as I hate how many people are like, have you read the book wild? (laughs) I mean, I, I, no, I haven't, but there's something so beautiful about the fact that that was a healing journey for them. And Mm -hmm. I, I would like to be a part of that movement more and like want to bring that. I just want to bring that back into the light because it's so important to remember that these, these are like, you're going to, I'm so excited to see how, like what happens. And I hope that you get to share that part of your, your part, your story too. But like to really talk about things that like are so important and that really, really matter. I mean, I love the highlights too. I mean, don't get me wrong. (laughs) There's nothing that feels great better than like climbing this epic mountain and just like you're on top of the world and there it, there are no words for it but there's also another part of it which is the really terrible shit like on the AT it was terrible it rained every single day I my feet got like 10 warts on them 
because they were so wet all the time and I hated it. (laughs) But it taught me so much about resilience and that I can apply that to my life to not over, to not overthink things at times and to work on my anxiety and to control like my triggers. And there was just so much good that came out of that, you know? Do you feel like through those two hikes, you have become more kind and generous with yourself to yourself? Totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think I stopped giving reasons on why I felt like I was I feel like that's why I'm talking about a lot of the things I'm talking about, even like in our conversation is because I think I've always hid my depression from people. Like, unless it was like a super close friend, like I just wouldn't talk about it, but like walking and through hiking and being completely surrounded by like my, well, being alone with my own thoughts, like you, you can't really run from it. You're completely vulnerable and completely raw and you have a choice. Like you can either like, embrace it or and accept yourself in that moment and like whatever your weaknesses are or you can run from it and a lot of people do run from it like escapism is like such a real thing like we we escape for to so many things so that we don't have to be in our reality and that's not necessarily unhealthy too much of anything is unhealthy right but like if we escape too much that's when I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. And so I feel like I just kind of went the opposite direction of escapism and just embraced like, hi, I'm a person that struggles with depression chronically. I wish it wasn't my narrative, but it is my narrative. And that's literally my life. So I have to talk about it. I have to embrace it. And my hopes is like, the more we talk about it, because there are so many people struggling with these things on trail specifically, the more we talk about it, the more normal it can get. And the fact that we can maybe build a community on the through hiking, like the through hiking world of like kindness to one another and acceptance and just real, real connections, which I already happens so much. Like that's why trail families exist. Right. But I hope to have a more intimate kind of thing, you know? Totally. Totally. And I think that that opens up larger conversations. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I, I have to be, it's, it's been a, it's been a long journey. I'm, I, mean, I, you know, and a lot of it is my own insecurity. Sometimes I feel like I, because I'm not super comfortable talking about it, that other people won't be when the reality is like more people are more comfortable to talk about it. But I also think that a lot of people are pretty uncomfortable to talk about what anxiety is. And I think a lot of people don't know that they have anxiety or any type of tendency Mm-hmm. because it's not taught in like normal education, which it should be taught in normal education because yeah. we, we make decisions every single day of mental health. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think I guess that again, that gets back to a feeling of if, if you're feeling it, but not talking about it and nobody else is talking about it, then it feels like you're the only person who has the problem or the issue. And it feels very isolating. Um, right. versus if there are people talking about it and and talking about it in, in an accepting way, mm-hmm. then you're not feeling isolated and you're feeling supported because there are other people who are also going through it and, and you have some people to talk to. And I mean, it's it's such an interesting cycle. Totally. And I love, it, it's funny, it, I was, 
This may be a little bit of a tangent, but I, I loved it because it was... I love tangents. <laughs> <laughs> so zig with me. We're going to zigzag. Okay. Um, yeah, let's do it. I am a zigzagger. <laughs> on, like, on your Instagram, you seem to be a big fan of Glennon Doyle. Yeah. And there was one that you wrote out in one of your Instagram posts. It was about mental health, the post itself. But the the quote was just so fantastic fantastic that I, you know, particularly marked it. And it was the one where you were, uh, or I guess her quote, which was don't unmuch yourself. Maybe the world mm. needs more people who care the most amount people who are exhaustive with how hard they feel and try and think. Yeah, that, that like quote makes me cry just thinking about it. Because <laughs> it's so true. It's so true, right? <laughs> yeah, mm. the, the world needs you to be all of yourself. I know, but the world needs everyone to be all of themselves. I feel yeah. like if people, I was talking to my friend Vera yesterday, and one thing I love about them is that they're just so much themselves. They've just embraced their whole entire being. And like, I never have to read their mind because they just tell me what they think. And, and it's not because they're like a super forward person. It's just because like, they're not the life of the party. They're not the person like who stands out in a, in a crowd per se, but they, when it were, it's just us, they just tell me exactly how they feel. And I feel like that's just such a rare thing these days where we're trying to, especially with social media, we're trying to impress one another. We're trying to like do all these things and it's such a competition. And it just, I just like cut the bullshit with everyone, <laughs> everyone, like let's just hang out and just know each other for like the rawness of each other. Cause at the end of the day, this is super dark. And this is when my emo kid comes out, we're like, we're all going <laughs> to die. And like, I'm super aware that we're going to die. And it can, we can die like so quickly. And that's that. Yeah, true. That's it. It's it. <laughs> and I guess that's a that's a perfect entrance to circle back to this RV thing. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I so I, I always, I'm always hesitant to bring up what happened to me three years ago. Cause I don't like, I don't want this to come across as like pity, but I do want to share it just because I think it's important to also just normalize, um, not even normalize, but mm, that's not the right word to talk about things that happen so that other people don't feel alone, I guess. But, um, three years ago, I, uh, I was, I was raped and it was terrible and it changed my life, obviously. And yeah. I already had a pretty um, severe history of like sexual harassment as a kid, unfortunately. So I've already had like a lot of things working with the therapist, but it was that moment. And like the month after I was already a therapist. So I was like, okay, I need to start seeing a therapist, obviously. And um, about a month after that, I quit my job as a therapist, I bought my van and I got my dog all within a month. It sounds really dramatic. And at the time, probably a little bit dramatic, but it just really made me realize the fragility of life and that I need to make sure that I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing right away. Like I don't have time, like we don't have time. And so, um, I, yeah, that's when I hiked the high Sierra trail. I put in that, uh, I, 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 I uh, did the application for through hike syndicate. And then like a few months later, you know, hiked the PCT. And ever since then, it, it's changed my life too. Like, I just want to make sure that first of all, 
I don't bullshit myself. And I also don't bullshit other people. Like you can think a day is going a certain way and it completely changes, you know? So it's, it's been awesome. And I met my partner a few months after that. And then we bought this van that we're living in now and it's, he's a builder. And so he's really talented. And I talk about convenient, man. It was great. Like I moved into the van that I had and he helped me build like my bed out. And I had only known him for a few weeks. I'm like, cool. See you later. I'm, I like living in this little tiny home for now. And then a few months later we bought a, well, a year and a half later, we bought a van <laughs> together. That's not a few months. Time is weird. And then we've been living in the van that we are now for seven months. And it's awesome. Do you end up moving around, traveling around and and getting out and seeing different places and potentially hiking and that kind of thing? Or Because he hikes as well, right? Not maybe through hiking, but... Yeah, he, um, him and I are different. Like, he's just... He likes to meander a lot more than I do. He definitely hikes. He's just like, we've done a few, like we did the TMB together and we've done a few, like, we actually don't like backpack as much as we, I feel like we look like we do. We do a lot of day hikes and stuff, but (laughs) his job is, um, he worked on a house in Nashville for about a year and a half. And so we're actually, well, I was on the AT, but we were back and forth in Nashville. And then over the last, since October of last year, we've been living on the road technically, and we took like a vacation trip and saw a lot of cool things. But now we're, we've been in um, like right outside of Boulder, Colorado, and um, two of our best friends live in, around here. So we've just been hanging out and I've been working. I work from home and Eric has been picking up little gigs here and there. And we just really like it. We've been trying to build like a small community. But that being said, we'll, we're leaving Boulder this month to go to Taos, New Mexico, because mm, um, nice. Eric is learning. Have you heard of those earth ships? Have you heard of that? I have heard of it, but I cannot place it. Like I can't picture what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't know what it was till him, but it's like completely sustainable building, um, buildings. And so he's, he's already like a builder, contractor, designer, all of those words. And um, he's learning how to build earth ships to, so that the next, build that he does is completely sustainable, which is really, really cool. And I'm excited to see him grow in that. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I didn't know it was possible, but I hope that it becomes more possible since our earth is burning. So what was I going to ask? So (laughs) we're talking about, sorry, we're talking about van. We're talking about so many things. I know we're sort of tangenting all all over the place. place. It's fine. (laughs) It's is fine. That People are just it? gonna is have that to. Normal. Usually, it's a little bit more linear, but uh, people are just gonna have to like flow with it. <laughs> Everyone, I need you to flow with it. Sorry, my brain is crazy. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sorry. It's just how I am. Exactly. No apologies necessary. Oh man, striking. <laughs> when you hit the PCT, you went southbound, which mm-hmm. is not the the usual direction per se yeah and it's obviously also much less there's much less people doing that so there's many few much many fewer hikers i don't know if that's Mm -hmm. proper grammatical grammatical but (laughs) was that a conscious choice or did that just work out because of timing time of year that kind of thing and so it made the most sense or 
Um, definitely both. I heard back from through hike syndicate in January or February. So I felt like starting uh, Novo would be really fast and I had to do a lot of things, but also like, I really, I really wanted to, to be, it sounds so weird, but I really wanted to be alone and afraid a little bit. Cause I, I realized through like that process of a few months that I struggled with like codependency and like, not even like with a relationship, but like, and a lot of people probably wouldn't see it that way, but like, I knew, so yeah, I wanted to, I, I, I knew that I had that, like, I had the tendency to just feel like dependent on people for my happiness. And so the thought of doing something completely alone to just kind of like check myself and be like, all right, do I really find happiness within myself first? was a huge deterrent for me. And I, I really, I wanted to feel independent. I wanted to feel isolated. I wanted to feel scared and afraid. And I definitely got all of those things <laughs> like way too much probably, but it really did just change me a lot. And it, it made me feel very strong because the first man going sober, I remember like there were times like, especially that first week, I didn't see anyone at one point for like two or three days. And like, first time ever hiking like that, that length of a trail and not seeing humans for that long, it really, it really sucked. And it was really lonely. And I like have very vivid memories of just crying my eyes out, because I miss my dog and I miss my partner so much, and literally not ha- can't doing can't do anything about it. And I don't know. It just made me realize like I could deal with so much more than I thought I could, you know, that I can handle being by myself. And, and then ultimately by the end of the journey, really like falling in love with myself and really like being okay with my thoughts, whether that was the depressive thoughts or the really happy thoughts or the really sad thoughts. Like I, I feel like I went southbound and I didn't have to distract myself with all the people like I, you could on like the eighth or something. It really just, I don't know. It made that experience very healing for me. So I'm really glad I went southbound for that reason. And if I had plus northbound, it just seems really like the weather just seems a lot harder to deal with. Like you have to go faster as a southbounder. And I understand that, but I didn't, I guess I didn't really struggle with the pace as much. And the first, you know, you're super sore the first few weeks because Washington kicks your butt. But at the same (laughs) time, like, you're sore going north as well because you're not used to it. You're sore no matter what. So it didn't really affect me that much that I was starting in what is technically like the harder part of the PCT. I was, and it's so beautiful. It's just so beautiful. So it, it starts off with this amazing high. Yeah. Washington in the summer, or I guess the Cascades in the summer are pretty amazing. Oh my God. It's unreal. And, and quite a change from the East Coast. Oh, yeah so different. I mean, I've never seen Washington still to this day has like such a special place in my heart. I, my partner, and I talk about doing summers there because that is just some of the most beautiful country I've ever seen. And it's so remote feeling. And, um, I've, I've, yeah, I just, I want to do that section again. Tell Eric all the time, like, let's just go do Washington of the PCG together. Let's just do that, that section. Cause it's just, it's just unreal, especially in the summer and the flowers just smell so good all of the time and the mountains. It's just so beautiful. How was it 
that first night or the first few nights camping alone? Ugh, terrible. <laughs> terrible. Scary. I thought I was going to get eaten by all of the animals at once. I thought they were at all... At once? Just... <laughs> no. They were but plotting? I Dude, yeah, they just had had this huge community like party and they were like all going to eat me at one time. (laughs) No, it was good. It was challenging and I missed my partner a lot. And I think I was just, you know, my mom, my, my mom is Hispanic and has like that very like concerning Hispanic mommy energy and just thought I was absolutely insane for doing this. And, um, (laughs) was like very like she would send me videos of people dying like doing things and I was like mom this is literally not helping me like I already have enough paranoia please don't do this to me but hearing other people talk about like how comfortable they were and then just really working on like you're catastrophizing right because you think Mm -hmm. the worst case scenario is going to happen to you but how to talk yourself down to that. That's like literally a treatment that you can do in therapy. So I, so you applied some therapy to yourself. Exactly, man. I just was like, okay, like, first of all, good way to die. Good way to die. If you're going to go, that's a good way. And then I was like, but that's probably not going to happen. And just talking yourself down and then just daydreaming. I would like daydream about like the best parts of my day. And I would always journal like, the highlights and just like working on, you know, positive reinforcement, stuff like that. Thank God you were a therapist. Yeah, all y'all doing it. Without (laughs) it, you guys stronger than me. How was the hitchhiking? Um, I, so I'd never, no, I had hitchhiked I mean, who has honestly hitchhiked at this point, you know? Hitchhiking is scary. I always tried to hitchhike with other people. And I made like a list actually recently on like how to hitchhike because it can be kind of intimidating. And my mom, again, like the little Hispanic woman, cute. She just was also convinced that that's how I was going to go and <laughs> learning about like how to be safe and like to trust my gut in that mm-hmm. too. Like if you felt a vibe to just always follow your gut and to not go for it. Um, but I have a really fun hitchhiking experiences and I always tried to like meet up with other hikers in town. That was like always really important to me to just so that I didn't have to hitch alone because that was really intimidating. It's so interesting that hitchhiking is, is a thing, whether you're male or female, you know, I've, I've talked to people who I talked to, to guys, to men who had to really? hitchhike in those first those first times of hitchhiking, one of, uh, I forgot who it was, but one of the guys was saying that he was so nervous about doing it that he literally talked himself out of it for like an hour before he was just like, totally. I, I have to get back to trail. So I have to do this. But yeah. <laughs> it's scary. It's really like, I mean, like, it's not, so it's not even about like fear of death, right? It's actually like a really big social thing. Like you have to be able it, you are asking to go somewhere with a complete stranger and have a conversation and then never see them again. And then say, thank you for your time. And it's, it's a really weird exchange, but it also gives me at least so much hope of like mankind that there are good people in this world who want to help with nothing in return. And that's what I would hope that I would do in that situation as well, you know, and it's been that that's actually a really cool part of, through hiking is seeing the beauty of other people coming in and 
you know, like I, I, I admire people who have done through hikes a long time ago when there wasn't as many resources. Mm-hmm. Um, but a big, but I'm sure like they would say, and I, at least I could say through hiking is such a community oriented thing. Like you cannot do it without other people, whether that's giving rides or the trail angels, just like giving you that energy boost or, you know, the people who are making this gear and putting their heart and soul, like you see gear junkies are real. Like they're so passionate about making <laughs> yeah. things that will like help you accomplish your goals. And just like, it's such a community thing that it makes people, I don't know. It makes me feel like better about the world because there are some really beautiful people out there who have given me hitches hours and hours away. When I got hit by that car, like I had to eventually find, or before that had to find a hitch that was two hours away, two hour hitch. And I got one because of the kindness of a random stranger who lived in a van. Like it's, I don't know. It's just people like that. And you're just like, wow, I want to give back in any way that I can, you know? How has that impacted how you, how you walk in the world? Man, I mean, I was at, um, like I said earlier, I was at trail days and I mean, there was just so many hitches, but just to be able to do that (laughs) and give back in that way. And then I don't know. It's a never, you know, it's really easy to have a first judgment of someone just by like how they look and stuff, but to just be open, to be open to their hearts and, and to, yeah, just to desire to give, I just want to give it back to as many people as possible. You know what I mean? I definitely do. You're going to probably see so many people who just, it's going to make your day when you see them on trail. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm, kind of looking forward to it and kind of a little intimidated by it but what makes you intimidated by it um in so doing this podcast has been a different thing for me and being out there more sort of like Mm -hmm. i guess kind of the, the process that you've gone through with talking about mental health and things like that yeah you know it's it's a change for me it's a difference it's a different approach for me you know, being mm-hmm. out there and talking and that kind of stuff. And so I'm still, I'm still getting used to it. You seem like you're doing a really good job. Everyone speaks really highly <laughs> of you. <laughs> well, thank you. And thank all of them. Yeah, I will. <laughs> uh, on the AT, so we're going to zag again, but on the yep. AT, you hiked with Rue for a while. Yeah, Rue Rue. What made you decide to do that? And and for everybody who's listening, Rue is your dog. <laughs> yes, she's my awesome, cute little, she's a Rhodesian Ridgeback Knit Mutt of some sort. That's all the only breed we can really pick up. But um, yeah, she completed 1,100 miles on the Appalachian Trail. And I guess what got me going is I thought I would never do that. In the, I mean, everyone wants to hike with their dog, but it's a very... Your dog has to be very specific <laughs> to do something yeah. like that because it's a lot on your body and to ask a dog to put a lot on their body, it has to be, yeah, it has to be a specific kind of dog. And on the PCT, I obviously was, I was just really homesick. Like I was homesick the whole entire time. And, um, I met, I didn't see my dog for four months. It sucked. And I, that was the longest I've ever been away from real, but so I missed her a lot. And I just, when I got back, she's just has so much energy. Like I feel like every year 
she gets like more energized and like, where is this coming from? Are you going to like chill out? And like, she, she loves the couches and she loves to like lay down, but she's just such an explorer. Like she falls asleep. She falls asleep, like standing, like she's that kind of dog. Like she doesn't want to miss out on anything. And I don't know. I just, I have heard a lot of people and did a lot of research on the AT and like how, how dog friendly it is and how there's so many towns and it just felt like a very safe way to go about it. Um, like I don't, I would never take her on the PCT or CDT. Like personally, like I, those carries are so long and I don't think it would be good for my dog to do that one. I'm sure other dogs are great for it, but my dog, no. Cause like the longest carry I did was like three days tops on the AT like ever. And, um, so I didn't really have to carry that much food, extra food for her and whatever, but I just thought it would be a really cool bonding experience with Rue and we were already so close and it definitely was a lot. First of all, it was really hard to hike with a dog because I just never wanted to not hike her hike. Like it was super important for me to make sure that like, if I could go farther, but she couldn't go farther, guess what? You're not going any farther, Grizel. Like this is about Rue and taking care of her because it's taking a child on the trail, you know, like yeah, it's a huge responsibility, much. you know? And so I was super mindful and there was like, I did this and because I took her for the first half of hike a lot more than I thought it would be. And near the end, when I decided to take her off trail, she was getting re- like the weather started changing and it started getting hotter because I started, um, oh my gosh, is it a year ago today? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I started the trail a year ago tomorrow. That's crazy. How quickly time flies. I know that's so weird, but I started early purposely because, you know, dogs tend tend have a tendency to like be better in colder weather because they don't get tired because of the heat. Mm-hmm. So I started super early and it was really cold for like the first month, but going into like April, and like end of April, like the weather started changing and I was in Virginia and it started getting hotter and hotter. And I was like, I could just see it in Rue's face that she wasn't like enjoying it as much. And like, I was doing a lot of, honestly, spending a lot of money with, if I wanted to get some miles in and I didn't want her to take her with me, I would contact a trail angel have someone and, and like, I had such good, like being from the East coast, I had a lot of family on the East coast. So I would drop Rue off or get picked up, drop Rue off, hike a 25 mile day, get Rue, then like go to the next town. And I would do a lot of hopping around in the sense of like dropping her off. And so I could complete the miles that I could at the end. And it was, it was just getting more frequent that I wouldn't have to do that. And so I called my partner. I was like, I think Rue is, I think Rue is getting tired and I just don't think I can do this with her anymore. And it sucked. It was super sad saying bye to her because it's really a bonding experience when you're just every day walking and a lot of it is enjoyment and just seeing her be so happy, which is, you know, a dog mom's dream is to just watch your dog be happy. But at the end it was like, okay, this isn't right for you anymore. I'm going to And I had to finish the trail alone, which was a bummer, but also I know I made the right decision. And it didn't, you didn't draw it out to the point where she really wasn't having fun. No, 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 no. I mean, the thing about Rue is like, she'll always, she always loves doing it. Even yesterday I took her on this really intense hike and I could tell she was super, super tired, but 
like I went into the van and she was like ready to go. I'm like, yo, yo, you need to chill. Like <laughs> you need to rest. Like I know you want this, but you can't. Like you have to rest. And um she's just that type of dog. Like she just loves she can literally just go smell things all day, every single day. And that is her happy place. But I was getting stronger. And then also, and, and the AT gets so much harder after Virginia. It just goes from like zero to a hundred. Like the whole trail is super easy. And then you get into Pennsylvania and every single one of your joints is completely sore as if you hadn't been walking because the rocks are so bad. The trail is not maintained. And then you get into the whites and it's just stupid climbs and descents for no reason. And like, <laughs> I'm just so glad that Rue wasn't there with me because it would have been way more stressful. And I, I was having a hard time doing my, doing it myself. So taking care of a dog in that, I just, it was just definitely the best decision for me and for us. What was your favorite time on or memory of uh the AT from the AT oh <laughs> um there's this one moment and it it was in Tennessee so I'm from Tennessee kind of I lived in East Tennessee for college but um there's this one day that there was like this crazy storm coming in and I knew that and we were in the bald mountains like in Roan Mountain area and so there's like no tree coverage but we like the only way to get out of tree coverage is to climb this mountain. And it was completely like, there was like just no coverage, but in order to get down to lower elevation, Rue and I had to climb it. And I was by myself. It was just us. And I felt like the storm was like an hour away. And we had like three and a half, four miles left to get to like a safe location. And I remember like getting down on Rue's level and being like, listen, I know you're really scared of storms. And so <laughs> it sounds so weird, but it, this is really what happened. I looked at it, I was like, we have to get through this so that you're not freaking out. And um, Rue and I like climbed this crazy mountain as fast as we could. And I have never, not, not never, but to see her that happy and just like, she was jumping on me full of joy. I just, we were just like embracing this adventure together and knew that, yeah, we were a little bit nervous, but, and to, like, I remember climbing to the top of the mountain and there was cl- clouds everywhere and you could see the storm coming but we had finally made it and it was going to be easy sailing from down there and like I was like yeah we we made it I was like super excited and she was like jumping on me and licking me I was like all right we can't celebrate for too long (laughs) down this mountain because I'm really scared and I know that you hate storms and so we like sprinted down the mountain and have found a safe place and it was just this weird I'm so proud of you for being, for doing this and like facing your fears. And I'm also proud of myself for like thinking rationally about this because I did have a decision to go back if I needed to, but it felt right. And I know we made the right decision there too. And it was just this really cool, just bonding moment that we had. And I think that was like one of the coolest parts of the AT is like, we had so many moments where we were just both like, I am so cold right now. And she would just snuggle. We shared a sleeping bag. And so she would just like, be my little spoon and we just fall asleep being in the rain and we were both so wet and it was just I don't know like I I don't know like there's just something so bond I feel like the human condition we love intimacy and we love bonding and like there's just this connection we have with, with humans this is why like you know podcasts exist and interviewing exists you know like we just we crave that connection and it was this really cool connection I had with Rue I was 
I don't know. It sounds corny, but it's real. <laughs> well, it, it feels like, you know, you guys had a celebration of overcoming a fear of doing the hard thing. Yeah. And, and that is both an awesome moment just in celebrating that small thing, but it's also an awesome moment in the larger impact it has on your relationship, on your hike, on what you choose to do after that, what you think that you can do after that. Totally. And like the other night I just, I went into the van and Eric wasn't there and I just looked at her and I was like, we've gone through so much together. Like we really have. And it's so true. Like she, her history too. She, she was, I found her in, um, uh, wow. What is it called? (laughs) You buy dogs from a, what are they called? Humane society. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) A humane society. But her, like the previous owner thought that she had really bad aggressive issues and that she was just a bad dog. And, um, to think that like no one really believed in her and knew like her potential and to see how much she's grown. Like, I mean, I've done so much training with her cause she did have some like tendencies, but to like believe in her the way that she believes in me. I mean, I don't know. That's just something really cool to, that I get to share with her. And it's definitely like, I, it's hard not to hike with her now because she's just such a joy, like seeing her, she loves, like she loves being outside like more than most dogs. She's the one, the dog like running back and forth. Cause she's just so excited to do it. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah. I love the picture that you have. Well, it's actually two pictures. It's there was the first picture that you have up, which is you and her celebrating a moment on the trail. Uh, and then the second picture that you have up is not the perfect picture. It's both of you are looking at the camera as if you're waiting for the camera to go and, and saying, what happened? Why isn't it going? But those those two moments uh, side by side are so perfectly representative of like your relationship. Dude, I love that. It makes me so tearful because I just love her so much. And she just, she it's so cool to give this is like, I feel like only dog, like dog people, like people who've had pets, like understand, like to give a dog and to give an animal the life that they deserve is such a, it's such a big part of my life. And to see her, see her so happy is just, I don't know. Like I literally hiked the trail, not because I I was lonely. I hiked it. I hiked the trail with her because I knew how happy she would be. And like I got to give that to her and I don't know, like she gives so much to me. That's like the least I could do for her. Yeah. Sorry. No worries. I love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. A, a little gear question for you. Since you said that you yeah. guys share a sleeping bag, which is what the heck sleeping bag did you find that was big enough for the two of you? Um, the, the Nemo is a Nemo equipment. Oh wait, no, I did. Um, I used a quilt. Okay. Um, I use actually, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm so good at gear. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh God. We use enlightened equipment. One of them. Okay. But we just cuddle really freaking hard. So <laughs> we, I'm really minimal. Like my base rate was still with all of her stuff was like 13 and a half pounds with all of her stuff. I cut back everything. Like I was, 
super, super minimal about all of my gear um, because I got super injured on the PCT, like so injured. Like I had really bad hips because I, I went through, <laughs> I went through six different packs on the PCT because my bones and like, I was, you know, I, I went through through Hex Syndicate. So I was, was partnered with all, none of their packs fit me. And so I was super paranoid of finding about finding a pack that fit me right for the AT, especially since I was going to be carrying a little bit extra weight for Rue. And of course, there were times that I carried more weight than like 13 pounds because of Rue's food could, could weigh so much. But I just tried to be as minimal as possible. Like I, I cut down on everything on the AT because I was just super paranoid of getting injured. Still am paranoid of getting injured. <laughs> so, so two questions from that. One is when yeah. you say super pared down, like what did you leave behind? And then second question, mm-hmm. which is what was the pack that you ended up, that ended up fitting your body specifically? Yeah. So I didn't bring three nail clippers for starters. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I, so yeah, that's true. But then I, I like, it was like very little changes. I, I didn't bring a stove. So I cold stove my, my, I literally, I wore minimal clothes. I didn't have, like, I, I ended up hiking and sleeping and almost the same thing. I got rid of, and, and then like, I, tra- I would just do a lot of trading out. Like with my, my rain pants were also the, the pants I would wear if I was, if I was cold. Um, and so just changes like that. And then like, like I, a lot of people, when they pack their bags, they, um, they use like the, the, the stuff stacks and I got rid of almost all of my stuff stacks and just stuffed me like with my hands, um, just to like cut down on a little bit of weight. And then with, with the AT being so close to towns, you could just carry very minimal food. And so, I was just, I was really bare bones about my food on the AT. Like I knew that I would have trail food or town food in like a couple of days. So I try to be as minimal as possible on that. And um, what did that, what did that mean exactly? Like, well, I guess what kind of, you don't have a stove. So what were you eating? And, and yeah, I did a lot of, I still did a lot of dehydrated foods, but I would split my, you know, those, um, those like good, uh, good to go meals or whatever the de- the backpacker pantries, mm-hmm. they're like two servings. So you add mashed potatoes to it. So I would just split one of those in half and then just add mashed potatoes to like everything. I mean, I was, I am one of the most boring eaters on trail because I will eat the same exact thing every single day. And I don't think you're it perfect up. for through hiking. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wish I, I can't eat like bars in my real life anymore. Like People offer me bars. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can eat a bar. Like, but it's so hard for me now to eat. Like I'm already dreading my diet in the CDT and I'm attempting to try to do this whole trail plant-based as possible, which is also a new thing that I've never tried as like, I've changed my dietary things just, just very recently. So I, I'm, I'm doing research now on how to do more plant-based through hiking people. And I know like, um, dirty a, do you follow dirty a, uh-uh. um, they're super cool. They live here in Colorado. They did the whole PCT as a vegan. So I, I and I'm friends with her. So I'm going to, I have to pick her brain on how to do that more yes. with, to stay like, cause I do, I do get very skinny on trail. Like I, it's really hard for me to keep, to keep weight on 
on, especially when you have long carries. Because the AT, you're in town so much that it's almost, it's pretty easy to stay calorie, like to not get calorie deficient. Because you literally, like, if you want, you can, there's like in the Massachusetts area and like the, does it go through Mass? It's, it does go through Mass, yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember. But through that area, you could literally stop in a town like every single day for like seven days in a row. It's, there's towns, you know, so it's, I didn't stress out too much about getting calorie deficient, but on the PCT, and I'm assuming on the CDT, the carries are a lot longer, it's a lot harder to get into town. So I'm interested to see on my resupplies, how I'm going to, how I'm going to do that. And I'm planning on just sending boxes to every single one of them because I know I'm going to need it. You're going to love the Great Basin. Uh, really? No. come on tell me some good news (laughs) glacier is beautiful uh glacier is beautiful the voice going higher (laughs) so so you felt like on the at you were able to get away with the minimal kind of food just because town was so close yeah but but you're not a fan of bars anymore and you're now going vegetarian or vegan yeah and i'm assuming I, you're probably not bringing a stove or are you bringing a stove i don't think i'm, I'm think i don't know i'm still like back and forth about it i think i'm gonna go stoveless because it's just so easy like i did the whole at stoveless and it was just so nice because you eat faster than everyone else like a lot of people who do have a stove like by the time they start eating I've already finished and gone to bed because I've already cold soaked and I just love that I love that so much but I think this trail is going to be a lot of new things for me I'm going to probably try to do a tarp tent this time which is a little intimidating for me because I just love my tent and but I feel like I'm trying to try to new things out always open to like you know growing in that area and then I think stoveless and being attempting to be as vegan as I can be like, I'm not going to like say a black and white for sure. I'm, I want to be just cause I, I love this earth so much. And I, I want to, if there's like little ways that I can help protect it, like by choosing more plant-based diets, then I, I'm going to do that. But I, I am a little bit intimidated. I'm just planning on sending like a resupply box so I can get like the bars that I like. Cause I don't, I, I can't eat like, cliff bars as much as I want to eat cliff bars like there's some flavors I can't eat at all anymore and oh my god the rx bars make me want to vomit and I just I think because I did two trails within one year I think that really did a number on me because I never even got to miss trail food at all like I just I'm like oh I can't it's just it's just a lot So how are you planning on getting like your proteins and fats type of thing? Yeah. Um, again, doing a lot of, a lot of beans. There's this brand I really like, but they, you can order it off Amazon. They have really good dehydrated refried beans. And so I'm planning on doing a lot of that. Crazy part is I'm also gluten free. So it's even harder for me to get like a lot of things. So doing a lot of rice, um, like those instant rices is big. I used to do like pizza wraps and it's so good. You get tomato paste. And then you, um, I, I love carrying spinach with me on trail because it lasts actually fairly long, especially when you start in like colder areas. So I get a, uh, a tortilla and you can get gluten-free tortillas, you get like tomato paste, 
get some spinach. Um, and then there's tons of like, like pepperonis that are not, they're not actually meat. You get like plant-based soy stuff. And like you do like so a is pizza it really wrap. pepperoni? I mean, nothing is good as pepperoni, <laughs> obviously. I'm just as sad as you are, okay? <laughs> but uh, one does what one has to. I know, I know. I'm going to try, you know, like, again, I'm not, I'm trying not to be super black and white about it. I, I just, I'm just trying, like, because I know that ultimately if I don't have enough fat and if I don't have enough protein, like, I could get off trail. Um, and yeah. I, that's like, I, I don't want to do that, but I, I feel like, I feel like doing like, re- that's why I love resupply boxes and is because you can send exactly what you need. Um, and I have a really supportive partner who is, you know, doing this for the third time and knows exactly <laughs> what I like. Um, and as you he knows the process. Gone, yeah. And he's really good about it and communicating with that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have someone that's so willing to help me get like all the protein I can do. It's a community, right? Like we need yep. people to do these things. <laughs> it takes a village. It does take a village. When you, when you got out on the PCT, did you know about the triple crown? No, no. So Yo, I hardly point? knew what states we were going through. I literally <laughs> knew. I, it was so funny because people would be like, I'm super excited about this section. And I literally had no idea what they were talking about. Nothing. I didn't know. I didn't know that a like a triple crowner was a thing. And I actually didn't, I didn't know I was going to do this. It kind of just kept happening. And like, I had no plans on doing the AT as soon as I did. And then the opportunity kind of happened. And I knew that I was going to be moving out to the West Coast. To me, it felt monumental, like this farewell to the East Coast for a while, because I probably won't be back there for unless like I'm visiting family for a minute. And so it kind of just and then, you know, Rue and my partner was working on a project and I was kind of like not really doing anything that was giving me as much purpose as I wanted to. And so I got to do the AT and it kind of just happened. And then the CDT, too, I was like my partner and I were talking about it one day and I he, like after the AT, I was like, no, that's it. I'm done. Like, I feel like I can't, I don't want to do another through hike anytime soon. And then we started talking one day and I was like, God, I really miss trail and the simplicity and all of it. And he was like, why don't you just do it? And I'm like, I don't know. That's like a big commitment again. And it just takes a lot out of you. And it, six months before even leaving as you know like you get that anxiety and there's so much to plan and there's so much to do but there's also nothing to do and like it's this weird season before trail and I don't know like it just kept it just kept feeling right and before like Eric and I make any more like life changes together he was was just like I don't know I just feel like you really want it I'm like I feel like I really want it too, but okay. And it just, it just turned into this idea. And now like the, me getting more passionate about trying to create this bridge between mental health and hiking. And I don't know, like it just, it just kept feeling more and more right. And finally I just made a decision that I was going to do it. And here we are. (laughs) You gave into it. Dude, Cheryl, you're going to, you're going to get the bug. You're going to get the bug. And that honestly scares me just a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because it totally does fair. seem to kind of take over your life a little bit. Yeah, but in the best way. You just have like this completely different outlook on 
Well, at least I did. I feel like I had a completely different outlook on everything. And I don't know. It really helps. It really helps me to do these things. And I don't know. Life is so short. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's so funny, like in talking to so many people and it literally is, it's almost like a, an addiction that, you know, once you do the first one, you want to do the next one and the next one and the next one and people change their lives. And, and a lot of people can reorient their lives around doing the next trail or always mm-hmm. being available to do the next trail. And it's so funny because people talk and people talking about it, they're, you know, saying it's the, it's life changing in the best way possible, mm-hmm. but it does, you know, take over your life. Yeah. Yeah, it does. But it also like, I, I don't know, I'm I'm really interested to see how I feel as I, I could close this chapter of like, at least these long hikes. I was asked yesterday if I was going to keep doing long hikes like this after this, you know, finishing this. And I just think it is like a lifestyle. It's because it is not just hiking thousands of miles. It's not just escapism. It's really like, it's healing. It's, it's self-care. It's, um, I don't know. It's just, it's what living means to me right now in this season. And I'm so open to change, you know, like I, I, I'm never, I'm never above anything. And I'm, I'm never, um, I'm just so open to whatever is right in front of me right now in, in this, in this journey that is life. So like if something else comes up that, you know, is really exciting for me or is a cool opportunity, then you know, I'm just open. <laughs> we'll see. But that's part of like through hiking too, is I, I feel like I learned that from through hiking because every day you're faced with different things and you can either like, you know, complain about it or you can kind of just embrace what it is. And that's why I feel like through hiking is a lifestyle because it's, it's such a metaphor on just such, you know, real life experiences that you can take into the, the work field or with your community or with, you know, your partner or whatever it is. Do you feel like that is potentially the biggest kind of lesson that you've got out and gotten out of your hikes? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was yeah, just sure. Sure. That one. <laughs> no, I was just processing your question. Cause it is, a, it's just a deep question. Like, yeah. is that the most, I don't know. Like, I feel like every trail has taught me something different. Um, the PCT was really, I really learned to be okay with the chaos and to be okay with all of what was going on inside of me, outside of me, like, and just to take one step forward. And that was like, literally taking one step forward was enough for me. I never, as much as I wanted to finish the PCT, I was just proud of myself for saying yes to the adventure of it because never in my wildest dreams, I mean, I like, I talk a lot about just like my fears as a child. Like I was super scared of everything. My mom loved to talk about how I literally didn't walk till I was almost two years old because I was super scared of falling and super scared of walking and super scared of like all of these unknowns. And very my, like, I just never thought I could do something like that. And so the PCT was just like, Griselle, you said yes to the first day and the second day and the third day and the fourth day. And it just kept saying, okay, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And that was like a big theme for me, the PCT. And so like the PCT, like finishing that trail was just like, I said yes to myself every day. And then the AT was like, 
how much can you handle? <laughs> like, how how much do you want to test your patients? How much? Like, it was such a test. It rains all of the time, and you have to be okay with that. And it was a, such a big thing on resilience, and then also um, having a voice and being okay with like. I, I remember standing up for myself for the first time on the AT to this like, guy who literally like sexually harassed me on trail, and like, like in front of people said, said some really crazy things and to like have a voice on the trail was like a big theme of my AT. And so the journey, I don't know. I'm gonna, I never know going into it, what I'm going to learn, yeah. but I I'm just so open to see like what this trail is going to teach me. I think I, I feel like it's going to teach me that maybe grizzlies aren't as <laughs> <laughs> dangerous maybe. as they seem. Maybe grizzlies don't want to make a, a meal out of grizz. Yeah. Maybe grizzlies just want to cuddle. I don't know. <laughs> no. I did watch something recently on the on like one of the animal planet things, because I love Nat Geo, like everyone does. But there was this guy who was in Alaska and he was fighting a polar bear off with a stick. And that has like been ingrained in my brain in case I do get attacked. I, I don't know if you've heard this, but like I like literally think of my trekking poles like as a weapon if like I get attacked by something and like in my head I look like this really cool like ninja <laughs> and I'm going to like do this really cool move and like poke the bear and then I'm gonna like there's gonna be blood on my face and it's gonna be this epic moment so I'm hoping <laughs> let's <laughs> hope you don't, don't have hope. to test that theory yeah I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> what is what is your favorite piece of gear Mm, my bag. Oh yeah. My bag. Oh, my God. I love my bag. Um, I have the Hyperlite and okay. it is the most comfortable I've ever owned. And it fits like one thing I love about them is, um, they aren't gender specific about their packs because their packs mold to your body. And so actually like, so they just have small, medium, large at their packs. And then eventually the, the pack ends up fitting you really like in a really good way because of the fibers or whatever. And that just worked so well for me. I didn't believe it at first. I was like, this is bullshit. Like that doesn't <laughs> exist. Different bodies, but it did work for me and I'm obsessed with my pack. I'm so obsessed with it. You you've talked like being out on trail. You've talked a lot about being uh, Latin. Yeah. And, and I guess representing that side of you on the trail. Mm -hmm. How, how did you find the diversity of the trail? Um, it's not very, not, not great. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a touchy subject because it's just sad. It really is. I guess I, I think I struggled with it a lot more on the AT than the PCT. I felt like there were more people of color, but mm -hmm. there's just not really much. Like as a South founder, on the PCT, like I still didn't really see much people of color. Um, and then the AT was just like all it felt it, this is generalization, but it felt like yeah. a lot of um, older white dudes <laughs> was mm -hmm. the AT for me. Yeah, it wasn't great. I, I met one person of color the whole trail and it was like the last week of the trail for me. <laughs> So, the and they week. were just starting, they were just starting. Yeah. They were mm -hmm. a South founder 
And I saw, I met them in Maine. It was the only person I met. I'm trying to think of like how I'm pretty sure that's, yeah, I didn't meet. Yeah. That's, that's saying something. I was also in front of the bubble. So like I wasn't with a lot of, I purposely wasn't with a lot of people all of the time. And if I was like, it was like the same, like 20 or 30 people that I would see constantly. But yeah. I, but I think that that goes back to kind of what we were, I guess it's coming full circle, kind of what we were talking about at the very beginning as well, in terms of representation and people seeing people doing that look like them or that have the same issues as they do doing mm-hmm. things. And in seeing that feeling like this is something that they could also do. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just hard because through hiking is so privileged and it's, really expensive and um I feel like people I I think that's what I struggled with in general a lot of people work a lot of people don't have the finances and and this goes like this isn't just you know people of color I mean a lot of people don't have the finances but it's a lot there's a lot more pressure as a person of color it's a a lot more difficult it's hard to find the right words to talk about it um it's just really difficult as a person of color to get out there even more so because you don't see anybody that looks like you out there, like you said, and it's just really isolating and um, it's just hard because you just don't feel understood in the same way, you know, like, I mean, even my family, like my, my family thinks I'm crazy because we didn't grow (laughs) up with that. You know what I mean? Like we didn't grow up with, like we grew up in Miami, Florida, like full of other Cubans and Dominican people, like who didn't know anything about that. Cause we were never like, that wasn't a part of our culture. And it, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's different, you know, but I am hoping, like, I feel like the outdoor industry is trying to put more people of color as a representation. And I am hoping that more and more people get out there, but I also hope that like, I mean, it's like there's so much casual racism on the trail, which is really disappointing. Like just I I I heard people, so many people calling like it's it's it sounds maybe small to to some some other people. But like just generalizing, calling all Latinx people Mexicans, like I cannot believe I still have to hear that, like or just like fake speaking Spanish to like insult. It's just like it's still happening. And then the sexism was honestly probably one of the the worst parts of the, like you're in this deep, deep South. And I saw a few Confederate flags on the trail. Like I, I can't even, like, I can't imagine being a black person and seeing that on the trail and feeling like I'm safe here. And then of course, like, I don't know if you heard, but there was someone that died on the trail this year yeah, and they were Hispanic. Like they're already none of us out there. And then the person that dies is, a Latinx person. Like, it's just, I don't know, like maybe that's coincidence, but also it's hard not to take that more seriously and personally, you know? What, what would you, I guess, advise or, or how would you think to expand the diversity of the trail? Aside from you, you, getting out there and, and representing. Yeah. I just, I mean, that's such a, like, um, 
it's I don't know if it's as much a problem as like of the trails as much as it is like society. This is like a society problem. Right. I mean, the trail in and of itself is is non denominational. It is it is a dirt path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. 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 I just feel like it's just doing your doing your own research and really just listening to people of color and like hearing their hearts without with 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 openness and being Mm -hmm. okay that you may have like things that you were taught as a child. Like it's, it's not necessarily your fault that you not, I'm not talking about you personally, but like, you know, when you're, when listening or talking about what's going on as a person of color to just to listen with an open, open heart and being okay with changing in within yourself. Um, Whether it's just like things that we that is okay, but it's not actually okay or or like I don't know I like have a very distinctive memory talking about like you know just people who are homeless and people who are struggling with finances and like how that's actually it's just such a big issue especially like in Latinx communities and like especially like migrants and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like remember that we're talking about humans and not like animals or like we're talking yeah. about like humans and to be okay to change because it's a human life. I don't know. It's, I feel a little all over the place. I'm sorry. No worries. It's, it's a big topic, obviously. It's, it's, a, a, it's, it's a touchy, it's a touchy subject. Yeah. And it's, and because it's such a societal problem that it's hard to know, like, I just feel like embrace, embrace humans for humans, you know, and that means like embodying and, or not embodying, but embracing also what their upbringing is and, and being, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I I feel like what I'm hearing you say and, and what I am, am both excited about and, and would hope that the trail brings people is, is when you're out there, you know, the people that you meet, be open to everybody's stories, be open to everybody's experiences mm-hmm. and, and be part of their experience being supportive and amazing mm-hmm. as opposed to being part of the experience that they don't want to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just like, it goes back to, it's not only like diversity, but it's also like mental health illnesses. It's like mm-hmm. really just embod- embracing like whatever the story, each person's story is. And to not like dismiss how hard some people have worked to actually be on the trail. Because that's the thing, like, at least for me, like I realized how hard it was for me to through hike something. Like as a person of color and as someone who has had been like diagnosable diagnosable illnesses like with depression to really like for other people to embrace my story because like a lot of people don't have that story and a lot of people have like there's a lot of privilege on the trail there is like it it just is like it is so Mm -hmm. expensive to do something like that and it is so taxing and it is so hard and like I'm not even like the worst or one of like the toughest scenarios like I know people who who have been homeless and they're a person of color who have this huge dream to do something like this. Um, but they don't feel like they fit in. And 
to just like embrace people who don't look like they fit in. I mean, that's just so, I don't know. That's, that's just so important. (laughs) Yeah. It's, that's the best part of it. Mm hmm. You know, I mean, I think honestly, I think like even taking it, even taking it off the trail and just putting it into a bigger scope of things. Yeah, we, you know, social media is one of those things that, you know, people put out their best days on social media, you see the pictures, and everybody's happy and smiling and beautiful and, and whatever. And we forget that every day, every moment is not like that. And we forget that even those people and everybody has difficulties. They have stories. Yeah. And totally. we can't assume what those stories are just by looking at them. The only way you know yeah. is by actually talking to them. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like I always, I was telling my partner how nervous I was about talking about this podcast and like being interviewed. And I was like, yo, I'm going to sound like that emo kid again. And I'm like, I'm actually <laughs> really happy because I am a really happy person once you get to know me. But I, I think I'm just, so fearful sometimes of like people thinking that my life is perfect when it's not. And I, I, that's why I talk about really serious issues is because the through hiking community, which I I love and is such is my community. Like we are, I feel like we're just doing these highlight moments, but the trail is a metaphor of what life is. Like there are some really, really tough days and we do have like things that we are ashamed of or things that we're struggling with. And I just want to bring light to that so deeply because that is why we through hike because we combat the shitty moments every single day. And that translates to our actual personal life. And it's addicting because you find that strength in that through hiking world. And when you're walking those thousands of miles you find that strength and somehow it comes into your real life and then you need it back again because you just needed this reminder and we keep going back and forth but I feel like that's why I appreciate my life so much more is because of the times I've had on it and so I don't know that's why I just desperately want to bring shed light on what actually happens when we walk these distances and I don't know all the deep issues I know that we talked about like I even asked you, I was like, what are we going to talk about today? I'm like, oh God, I don't know how to not talk about mental health and all these real things without when, because it parallels so much for me with through hiking. And I don't know, I was just a little nervous about it for sure. But I think that those are the things, and I, and, and to be completely honest, I think those are some of the more important things to talk about. Again, going back yeah. to the whole representation thing. Mm-hmm. and and spreading the word and and having people see the representation out there, whether that is a mental health issue, whether that is the color of your skin, whether that is an age thing or a sex right. thing or a or a gender thing or a religion thing even um, yeah, totally and right like i think I think too, like i kind of going back to that question on why it's just so important. I watched something recently about diversity in the outdoors and like how so many people of color feel so called, we feel called to the outdoors just as much as white people do, (laughs) if not more so sometimes, because at least for me, like hiking these trails literally like saved my life. It, It is the reason why I, I feel like I can, 
live another day. And I feel the strength that I do have is because of these trails. And it's so important to get more people of color out there to feel like they're included in this because they feel that tug just as much as anyone else. And so I just desperately want more people of color to go back to those roots of the outdoors because that's where they feel like home is for them, you know? And so it's just so important to, to reconnect people to their home, right? Cause home feels like we all have a place that we call home and that feels safe. And so many people of color feel safe in the outdoors but has had that taken away from them because of society or because of history or whatever the reasons are. And it's time for people of color to reclaim that. And I'm so thankful and so grateful to, to be a part of that movement, you know? So have you, uh, have you hugged a tree lately? <laughs> Shit, I need to. <laughs> I probably <laughs> did. I went, I went on a really fun hike yesterday and, um, I fell six times on ice um, yeah. and it hurt. And I actually did hug a few trees in the midst of that. It was a different type of hug. It kind of was just like this desperate, please don't let me fall kind of hug. Um, <laughs> but it was a hug. <laughs> but it was a full arms around and, and the whole bit. We embraced. We embraced. So circling back to the RV. And yeah. And uh, the first week, I guess, on the PCT. Oh, my God. So I, well, well, we don't have time necessarily for the long version. Uh, you did say that there was a short version of that story. Yes. Okay. And as you can tell, I want to know what happened. Oh, my goodness. What a, what a week. So I, it was three days in. I had just come back from Hearts Pass. I was going. And I was by myself. I didn't meet anybody. And that was the night I was telling you about, like, I had just cried my eyes out and I was like super lonely. And so the very next or this all happened. I was like, I'm going to do a really big mile day. It's just this, I have to climb this one mountain. And then it's like a 20 mile descent into a town. And I was like, got this. Like, I'm going to do a big day. I really want to talk to my partner. I really want to talk to my dog. So I woke up at 4am the very next morning and I had to do that biggest set and that big climb. And, um, I had, it was like, so it was like freaking poetic. And I was like, the, the sun was rising and it was this beautiful sunrise. And I was like, wow, I'm just so thankful to be alive. And like had a complete 180 as the trail does, like just switches your emotions instantly. Um, and so I was like, having this epic moment on top of this mountain by myself. And I was like out to take a picture. And then my, my phone slipped from my pack down a cliff. And that was the only, I was a noob, right? That was the only navigation system I had. And I was already a little bit off trail because I wanted to be on top of this mountain. And so <laughs> I like start screaming, screaming at the top of my lungs. I tried to go find my phone, can't find my phone. I pray to God for the first time in years, praying that he will help me find my phone never find my phone. It's, I've been up there for an hour and there's three tra trails to pick from. And so I just randomly pick a trail that looks like it's a 20 mile descent and mountain with no phone, no navigation, and just like in the middle of nowhere in Washington. And so I like go like about 10, uh, probably like six miles. Um, and I find this like road and 
I was like, okay, well, hopefully, and this is like 6 a.m. at this point, at 6.30 a.m., so still stupid early, and hope to find somebody, and I road walk for a while, and I find this van, and I knock on their door, and it's a, thankfully, there was a woman there, and that's that, when I had that two-hour hitch, they, like, drove me into a town after me telling them my sorrows and getting all of the pity, because I just was pathetic. <laughs> I was crying so hard, and I just, I just wanted comfort, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, they dropped me off at a hotel and I ended up staying there for a couple of days. Eric is going to nail me a new phone. And so the only way to go get, pick up something in town was they had bikes at the hotel. So I'm, <laughs> I've been riding like for the, most of the day and on my way back to the hotel, I was riding my bike. And there's like this very skinny bridge um, that you have to cross to get to my hotel. And most of like the cars are being really mindful of me. And I, I didn't even have a helmet. Like the, the hotel didn't have anything. It just had a bike. And I get clipped by an RV and <laughs> fall pretty hard. And I'm like on the ground and there's, I completely block the whole entire road because it's a bridge and it's got very skinny bridge and have to go like, there was just a lot of blood and I had like some pain in my neck, but I felt okay enough. But the hospital or the, 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 what are the, the paramedics, we need to send you there. So then I have to, the ambulance takes me an hour away from the hotel because we're in the middle of nowhere. And <laughs> I like go to the hospital, get my x-rays and I, nothing is broken. And it just, and then I have to, you know, find a hitchback the same exact day and still have no phone. But I actually ended up like, it was such a good realize how much I wanted to do this hike. I was like, it literally cannot get any worse. And that is like the short, because a lot of little things happen in between there, but it just made me have so much like, wow, I, the fact that I still want to get on trail after like all these little things and almost feeling like I broke my arm kind of thing. like. I wanted to get back on trail and I was like, no, I, I have to do this. And it just gave me so much perspective. And I'm, I, that's people wanted to call me RV as my trail name, which is totally <laughs> fair, but I still like Grizz. <laughs> We're going to stick with Grizz. Yeah. Also, I feel like if someone called me RV, I'd be like, it's still too soon. <laughs> yeah. PTSD. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Is there anything that you think we should talk about that we haven't yet? No, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I have been a little bit all over the place. So thank you for being patient with me. And if anyone is still actually listening, I appreciate the patience. I feel a little uh, ADHD today. That's what makes it fun. Is it? <laughs> Absolutely. No, I feel like we covered a lot. I, I guess just it's cool. I really appreciate you, um, you know, being, you know, just my experiences and like how, I don't know, sometimes it's really hard to talk about the real serious stuff. And I really appreciate that you did talk about that. That means a lot to me. And I just hope that like through these kind of conversations that we can like work on a lot of stigmas, whether that is talking about people of color in the outdoors or mental health in the outdoors or whatever it is so that we can, you know, bring more people to feel like they're safe um, on trail. Cause that's, that's really important to make people feel like they belong, you know? Yeah. 
Absolutely. So thank you. I, I do have, oh, you're, you're very welcome. And thank you for sharing it because I know that that is not necessarily something that it's a comfortable topic, so to speak. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, oh, I, you know, it wouldn't happen unless people like, you know, ask, ask the question. It's a conversation. <laughs> yeah, totally. It, it is. I, I do have to chuckle a little bit and you're, with your, your, your phrase of feeling safe on trail, because I don't think anybody in the history of ever starts out the trail feeling safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But can you imagine like being a black person in no. Atlanta or in Georgia and seeing a Confederate flag on trail? Like I just think no. about those people and just like, wow, like I feel safe on trail compared to that. You know what I mean? Like there's just so much happening that isn't talked about and, it's it's our role and it, we need to use our privilege as you know because i am a white passing latinx person mm-hmm. like i need to use that privilege to like make people aware of what's actually happening on trail and i just feel so i just feel so called to that like as much as i love because i can nerd out about some gear like i can like to a point and i'm not like <laughs> super smart and anything but i can nerd out i can keep up to a point I also think it's just, I feel so passionate about making this such an inclusive space so that the same reason, like you feel so excited about your 20 trip, 2020 trip, like other people can feel super safe. It's, it's one of those things where I feel like, as you say, it is, it is kind of a very privileged thing to be able to just sort of step out of your life for six months and hike. But it's also one of those things where if you can then reach behind you and, and, pull the next person forward to have an opportunity to do it. That is, that is where the, a lot of the satisfaction comes from as well. I think that is like so perfectly said. That's a really great way to phrase it. So where can people find you uh, or where should people find you to follow the continuing adventures, particularly the CDT of the CDT type? Um, but also to, if they have any questions or want to reach out to you with those questions, where, sh- where should they find you? Yeah, I do a lot of things on the Instagram. I love listening to people's stories and, um, I'm super open. I like, it sounds funny because I get a lot of messages about like, I don't want to burden you, but I just feel like your t- talks about mental health and uh, whatever is like really cool, but I just like, I, it's never a burden to hear the stories of other people. And I genuinely love, like, I love listening and I love hearing and I love, yeah, just connecting other people's stories. So I like super available on direct message on Instagram. And then I also have a, well, a website. Um, it's just griselcaminas.com, which is Griselle Walks in Spanish. And so there's like more information and I'm planning on doing a lot of blogging um, on this trip and a lot of writing. So you can follow there or you don't have to. That's cool too. I prefer to hear from you though. <laughs> you'd, you'd prefer if, if people are going to follow that they also, uh, they reach out and, and, uh, and touch. Yeah, let's talk. <laughs> I love, I, I just love, I, I don't, I, I was a therapist for a reason because I loved it. I, <laughs> and I miss, not that I'm trying to be your therapist because I'm definitely not, but I do love listening to the stories of people and like how they've like combated so much to be able to do what they're doing and things that they're passionate about. I mean, there's, 
like that's why there are movies because those like we get so empowered by those stories and like we have those real life stories all around us now available through Instagram. You know what I mean? So I just, I love hearing, I just love hearing people through Instagram and YouTube and the YouTubes. <laughs> Eric and I are supposed to be working on a band video. Um, we keep saying that we're going to do that. Eric's really, really talented builder. And also really, we love helping people um, talk about van stuff because a lot of people are really into tiny, tiny home living, which is really fun. So you can shoot me a message about that too. I hope more people become more in love with themselves and take risks. So that's the bigger goal. Show notes and links for Grizel's gear can be found on our website at hiking-through.com. Special thanks to Grizel for sharing her stories from the trails and Maya Wynn for the use of the song Try Again. I hope that this conversation, these conversations, inspire you to seek out other people's stories and share your own. That we all have struggles is a given, but until we share, it can feel very lonely. I'll see you on the trail.